Hey guys, hope you're doing well. Today we are answering a listener question. Thank you again for everybody who emails in. You can email to homewithkelly.co at gmail.com. I'll have it below, but we are getting to them. We have many, so we're trying to get through them. As always, we come from a biblical worldview. We are trying to come from the place as best as we can understand it that God is an authority. He created this world. He created Uh, instructions for us in how to live. What is the point of our life? What are we doing here? How are we meant to do it? The Bible is full of guidance for us. We haven't made it, but we've left. We're on the journey um, as far as possible, trying to live at peace with God's word. And it's blessed us. And all of these will be put into podcast. So our podcast is Biblical Masculinity and Femininity with Scott and Kelly. And thank you to everyone who has left us a review. And if you listen to it on Apple, we would love for you to leave us a review there. So this is quite a common question and comment as well. We get a lot of ladies saying, you know, what do you do if you really want to be a homemaker or you really want children or more children and your husband is dead set against it? Obviously, this is it's very hard place to be in. And so let's go to scripture. Uh, 1 Peter 3 says, Likewise, wives, be subject to your own husbands, so that even if some do not obey the word, they may be won without a word by the conduct of their wives, when they see your respectful and pure conduct. So the big issue with a lot of ladies is, you know, they might watch our videos or read something in the word or go to church or whatever messaging or communication that they think that they can go and bash their husband with and say, see the pastor said it or see this couple said it or see this book said it. And it's a way of nagging. It's a way of complaining. And it's not respectful at all of your husband's authority, your husband's mission, what he thinks you as a family should be doing. To which then a lot of ladies would would reply, but it's not biblical or it's not godly, whatever you want to put in there or it's just not nice and so this is a it's a very hard scripture but the the scripture is living and active it it gives you encouragement when it hurts it also you know it's also going to give you the way forward likewise wives be subject to your own husbands so that even if some do not obey the word right if your husband is sending you off to go be a wage slave at some corporation or if he doesn't want children or more children or whatever the case is you know you could think that he's not even obeying the word of god Even in that case, our command is clear. Yeah. Be subject to your own husbands so that even if some do not obey the word, they may be won without a word by the conduct of their wives when they see your respectful and pure conduct. So the way through is to respect your husband. It's not to nag him, complain, criticize, fight, manipulate. It's to pray. It's to pray to the Lord and say, Lord, you see my desires. Proverbs says the heart of a king is in the hand of the Lord. And he makes it go whichever way he wants. The Lord directs our steps. The Lord is living and active in our lives. And he sees you in secret. And so we can make prayers to the Lord, supplications to the Lord, and ask, Lord, would you hear my prayer? And then be cheerful. Be a cheerfully obedient wife. Be cheerful about where your husband is leading your family. And say, Lord, would you either change my heart to be cheerful? Or would you change his heart to what I am hoping and, and desiring and praying. And really both and. Yeah. <laughs> May I be cheerful in this mm-hmm. while you also work on my husband's mm-hmm. heart. And I think this is the importance of being a cheerful wife because no husband's ever going to be upset or mad that his wife is cheerful. That's the desire of every husband. Uh, yeah, we don't mean like cheerleader, like yay, no babies or whatever. Yeah, you don't have to be inauthentically. Yeah. We're just saying like, don't be in a bad mood. Don't be sulking. Don't be passive aggressive -aggressive. or like watch this video and yeah, don't do any passive aggressive manipulative stuff, 
But at the same time, it is okay to be honest with your desires and communicate of, I would really love to either come home from my job, can we pray that there would be a way for me to quit my job to come home? Or is there a way that I can steward the home better to where we wouldn't need my income? Or with children of, you know, I really want children. I feel like my womb is crying for out for children. Um, I know that you've said like, not right now, but could we start praying and ask God that if we're supposed to have children that you would change make it our heart, you'll clear. change mine or your heart. Yeah. And so just having these conversations very honestly and openly, and then also at the same time, when or if your husband doesn't say what you want him to say, to respond without nagging or passive aggression or anger. And to then carry on bringing that burden before the Lord. This is where we talk about Matthew 6, 6 very often, that God sees me in secret and he will reward me openly. And so trusting that God does see you in secret and he sees the desires of your heart and to be praying scripture and ask God that he would carry these burdens for you and that he will make a way when it feels like there is no way. And I think with that, it's important to not hold resentment in your heart toward your husband. Because again, it's, it's forgiveness that allows the Lord to work in your life. So if you're holding resentment and anger and hurt, you need to forgive from your heart and ask the Lord to, to give you a heart that can respect your husband uh, regardless of whether he follows the word or not. And then also, I think this is important for reading the Psalms of how often David said, God, will you vindicate me? And so believing that God is your vindicator. You th- if you think that you should have children right now and that's not happening, it's like, God, I trust that you're going to make up for lost time, that supernaturally we will... Uh, have more children because of this season of me being patient. And also, I would say if you are uh, a wife in that place of desiring children and your husband isn't there yet, but he is saying like maybe in a few years or maybe in a year we can have kids, you can still steward this season really well by doing everything you can to get systems in place and things organized and learning skill sets so that way when the time comes for you to get pregnant, you already have a running, functioning household that you can more easily bring a new baby into because you already have a lot of skill sets under your belt. And then I think the last thing just to wrap this up is don't try to teach your husband. Don't try to be the one who says, see this video or see this book or see this, you know, and try to persuade and persuade and persuade. Ask that the Lord would put it on his heart. Ask that the Lord would send someone across his path. Ask that the Lord would send a messenger uh, to him. You see, if you believe in prayer, if you believe in God, again, all of our videos from a Christian worldview, if you believe that God is real and he's active in our lives, then you can believe that he works on people's hearts and you can make requests of him. You can um, ask him for help in in your time of need. And so again, we'll finish with the scripture. Likewise, wives, be subject to your own husbands, so that even if some do not obey the word, they may be won without a word by the conduct of their wives, when they see your respectful and pure conduct. So this one is from our SMV dating college teen marriage feminine success strategies video. So she says, is Scott saying young virtuous homely girls aren't desirable only beautiful girls doesn't beauty come from the heart doesn't god create all beautiful creatures so the big uh, kind of picture idea here is that girls who are christian just on the basis of being a christian 
deserve a Hallmark story. They deserve to be pursued and they deserve a husband who will love them. The problem is they aren't necessarily respecting that future husband. So there's no reason for a young girl to remain homely. You should be working on your virtues of helpfulness and cheerfulness, but also your virtue of beauty. It doesn't take a lot of action on your part to increase the pool of men who would be attracted or find you desirable. We've spoken at length about growing your hair, dressing well, uh, eating a good diet, exercising. Um, and I think it's clear in our videos that we are saying to max out your natural beauty. We are not saying, well, if God made you this way, then that's too bad. Yeah. Every girl can increase her natural beauty by mm -hmm. what you just said of taking care of yourself, yeah. eating well. Which is respectful to her future husband. Yeah, and I would say to the Lord yeah. of honoring your temple, of mm -hmm. taking care of yourself, both to Proverbs 31 says, do your husband good, not harm all the days of your life, which means before you even meet him, you should be doing him good and not harm. And even while after you get married, doing him good, not harm. And a way of doing your husband good is by taking care of yourself because men are attracted to beauty. So by making sure that you remain feminine dress, and that could be as simple as dressing nicely, smiling, smiling. There are many simple things that you can do to increase your natural beauty. Yeah. So we're not saying that only beautiful girls are desirable. Gavin McInnes, <laughs> I don't listen to him, but you and my brother have conversations about Gavin McInnes. And he says, if you draw, what is this? Draw a circle on a piece of paper. And a smiley, put a face. And put a smiley face on her and she'll have someone who would be willing to marry her. Yes. The contrast to this would be telling Christian guys who are homely and don't care about how desirable they are that just because they are Christian, they deserve a hallmark supermodel marriage. I would say, and you're not saying this, I'm saying this, but like if you have an, a supremely obese guy and he's not understanding why a young virtuous girl isn't into him, that would be an appropriate yeah. thing to say. It's is, a good thing to tell guys, go to the gym, save money work at your career, be confident in what you do, yeah. and you'll have more girls to choose from. That's what we're telling girls. There's things you can do to have more guys to choose from. Yeah, that's not saying that someone won't choose you mm -hmm. in the state that you are currently in. There probably will be. And you should be happy with those that are pursuing you yeah. at that level. Yeah. And so the last thing, this question of like, doesn't beauty come from the heart? Because we do get a lot of girls who are offended at the whole beauty side of being yeah. a virtue is that, again, we're saying don't idolize beauty. Don't idolize makeup and cosmetic surgery and all this, the trappings of the world. The obsession. Yeah. It's, it's the love of money, which is the root of all evil. But you want your husband to have money. So it's like saying, doesn't wealth just come from the heart? Like, my wife should just love and respect me regardless of my bank account because wealth comes from the heart. No, you want your husband to be as wealthy as possible uh, because that's, it's, a, it's a part of the masculine attraction and desire is his ability to earn wealth and to have influence and status in society. And so, yes, beauty comes from the heart. Yes, wealth comes from the heart. But also, it's a way to honor my wife. It's a way for you to honor me. We're not Gnostic spirits that just, well, as soon as you get saved, we might as well just die and go to heaven. We have to live out this life well. And we want to live out this life in a way that is enjoyable and honorable for the people who have to live it with us.
Yeah. This is a very practical way of doing that. We try to, everything we share, like we say, marriage is good, get married. Practically, how do you help girls get married? One of those ways is to teach them about increasing their femininity so they can attract a more masculine guy. So this one was from which video? When to settle, Christian dating advice. In my church of 600 people, only two single guys between the age of 25 to 35 come there. Truth is, single Christian men don't come to church usually until they're married. In contrast, there's at least 20 single Christian women that attend regularly, which is very discouraging as a Christian woman. So we've chatted about this a lot. There's a few things uh, we just want to hit on in this because it keeps coming up even though we've done longer form videos on this before. Number one, if you're at a church of 600 people, let's assume that it's a big family church. So let's assume there's 80 grown adult married men, fathers in that church. You would be friendly with their wives or daughters or sisters. You need to start asking them, hey, do you know any single guys? Do you work with single guys? Do you fellowship with single guys? Do you have hobbies with single guys? Do you know single guys at other churches? This, this is what you should be asking your pastor. Again, everyone's like, oh, I'll go to a wonderful church, but there's no men. Oh, I'll go to a wonderful church, but I've been single for three years. It's not a wonderful church because they're not helping you to fulfill your purpose of getting married. So you need to ask your pastor, do you have anyone else in your denomination or church buddies that you, you know, other pastor buddies that you meet up on a regular time? Do they have single guys at their church? You need to start networking and being proactive about asking the fathers in your life, the mothers in your life to help you with your purpose. Then the other thing, there are two single guys there. So what's the problem? Are, are you above them? Are they above you? Uh, what is the problem there? So we, we've spoken at length on maxing out your own desirability, your own virtues of beauty, helpfulness, and cheerfulness. And I think a, another big part of this is the whole R Ruth and Boaz thing. Yeah. I think all girls want to be pursued. And so I think there's a fear of a, a girl putting herself in a situation to where she's putting herself in the pursuer role. But there is nothing wrong with making clear that you have interest in a guy. There's nothing <laughs> wrong with positioning yourself in a place to where you are going to obviously be seen. Or to, if you are interested in the guy at church and you see him talking to this married couple to go up to the wife and be like, I'm really interested in that guy. Would you have us and some other people over for dinner for the opportunity mm -hmm. to meet them? Or, I mean, if they do know him, you could even ask the wife, like, do you yeah, know... Would he be interested in me? Yeah, if he has a girlfriend or if he's interested in someone because I'm interested in him yeah. and obviously I'm just speaking to you. Gotta, gotta think, gotta do stuff. <laughs> yeah, it's okay to push a little bit because this is your deepest desire. And I will say that in our culture today, men are a little bit reserved when it comes to asking girls out. Mm -hmm. So I think if you help a little bit and make it clear that you're even interested, it gives guys confidence that they're not going to be rejected. Yeah, definitely. This question is for the young ladies who have... A boyfriend but the boyfriend is non-committal is not wanting to get married or get married soon we've had a few emails where you know oh we're, we're in a good relationship but marriage is about a year or two years off from his side mm -hmm. not hers she would be happy to get married yeah. sooner what do you do if you really want to get married but the boyfriend's not getting it done and uh, some were unclear about where they are physically and some were very clear that mm -hmm. they are abstaining mm -hmm. so there's that dynamic yeah. as well. and that would be our number one 
advice to to all ladies don't cross physical boundaries even like kissing and things that seem tame or like well there's no harm in that you're giving to the guy what he would get through commitment you're, you're giving marriage privileges without the marriage commitment and so the number one thing I would say is that sex does not secure you commitment in fact it, it's counterintuitive but sex might even push off commitment because he's getting it without so the number one thing is to make sure that you are maintaining boundaries which then allows after you know let's say three months because again you don't need a long time to start figuring out values and seeing if you enjoy each other and you want to do life together especially if you have held off on the physical intimacy side of things you really can discuss the things yeah. of great importance because i think there are times where physical intimacy masks those mm -hmm. deep questions and so after three months you you should be able to have gone to each other's churches met each other's families seen each other's friends spoken about all those values and and what you want to achieve in life now comes the time where it's okay to bring up that defining the relationship talk where you know hey are we on track to get married or not and if there's a few things like there were a few emails where so for instance student loans were an issue or sexual history was an issue or health was an issue whatever the issues are you need to define is this a deal breaker to getting married because if it's a deal breaker to getting married then you should end it right there. You shouldn't spend any more time. You shouldn't spend any more energy into, well, maybe he'll get over it. Or maybe if I just give sex or if I just be nicer. Or give it more time. Or give it more time. He will overlook these things that are a concern right now. Get, get to the bottom of what are all the things that are a concern that are preventing getting married. Because you could ask that question is, what do we need to do for you to be excited about getting married sooner? And if he's he doesn't know about money or he doesn't know about this or that or whatever okay when is a good time for that to be sorted out and resolved or we make a decision to end because for a girl's perspective you do not want to spend years with a guy who is holding something over your head of why he's delaying marriage and then continuing that on when you could be using the time that you have now to meet someone who will commit to you. Yeah, and that's the big issue here is time spent, right? Is, is time wasted. In the old days when, when fathers were more involved, it, it would be perfectly fine for two, three, four guys to be uh, suitors, to be interested in a, in a girl at once. You know, you could go on dates with this guy, dates courting. with that. Yeah, courting, right? You could go on dates or meals, events uh, with different guys because it was understood that the father is overseeing all of this. And so when the lady has chosen which guy she's happy to marry, then we'll get it done and the marriage will occur. Whereas now that dads are out of the picture, it's completely on the girl. And now we have the serial monogamy the serial dating where you date one guy for a year, date another guy for a year, date another guy for a year, date another guy for a year. And before you know it, you know, you've wasted your energy and time in a sunken cost of something you'll never get back. This is a video to girls. We've spoken to guys about this. So if guys don't waste your own time and energy, after three to six months, you should know if you should marry the girl or break up. And now we're saying this to girls, don't waste your time and energy. After three months, if a guy's still umming and ahhing and non-committal and not willing to define and put time frames on things. You can continue to see him if you want to, but also it'd probably be, again, if we go back to the whole uh, old way of doing things where fathers were involved of, that's fine, I'm happy to carry on seeing you, but I'm also happy to start 
seeing if there's other options around, if there are men who will be committal. Because until there's a ring on your finger, you're not obligated or bound to this guy. And again, that's why it's so important not to have sex, right? It's so important or not really, to like any physical boundaries. Yeah. It's so important not to cross physical boundaries because that is in a way cleaving. It's, it's, it is in a way an obligation and becoming one flesh. So if you're able to keep your physical boundaries and a guy is non-committal after three or, or more months, it's, it's like, look, I like you. And if you'd like to marry me, I'm happy to, to carry on seeing you. But I'm also open to other men who would be willing to marry me and, and be committal. You don't want to waste your time being tied up into a guy who's going to string you along for a year, two years, three years, four years, whatever it is. That's you protecting yourself if you don't have a father figure mm -hmm. who is willing to protect you and say, no, you're not going to be spending years with a guy who's not going to commit with mm -hmm. you. Unfortunately, we don't really, that's not a cultural thing anymore. Yeah. And so I think it's okay to give permission to young ladies that you may have to do that if a guy's not being honest in his commitment towards you. You don't want to waste your time. Time is sacred, especially when you want to have children. The younger you are, the easier it is on your body. And so you don't want to spend years with boys who aren't mm -hmm. willing to commit. Yep. Praise God. God bless you.